Hey, this is The Rock of Recovering. This is Angie Meadows. And this is Will. And we are here today to finish up the Relationship Addiction book. And, Will, I think when we come to the end of a, of a relationship, where we will realize that it's total toxicity, that it wakes us up, tormenting us, I think we need distance, um, like we talked about in, uh, I think it was Chapter 5, where we talked about the distance evaluator getting some separation from this and then we talked about developing our own identity and becoming a whole person so i think if we just spent six months taking a break from all major relationships all particularly romantic relationships and just worked on ourselves and just worked on loving the lord and just worked on who we are in christ and understanding that we are whole that we are well that we are loved that we are nurtured and protected that we can land on that rock foundation of jesus christ and and spending instead of spending hours trying to fix somebody or trying to draw them back to me and make them stand up and brush them off and being consumed with whether or not they're doing well what if i just spent that hour every day just speaking to the Lord, praying to the Lord, singing to the Lord, praising Him, setting up my gates, saying, there it is, Lord, take out of my heart what you don't want there and put in my heart what you have for me. And right now, all I want in my heart is to love you. What do you think that would look like? Beautiful. Hmm. Yeah, because then I think things would just fall away. I think the Holy Spirit is described in us as a river. And so anything that's a dry place, well, where does the enemy land? They search for dry and barren places, and then they go get their friends, and they come back. And now we got all this evil, this confusion, this anger, this bitterness, this anxiety, this fear. Um, So what I was teaching my girls in group this week was uh, we get hijacked. You know, uh, we've got that spirit and soul disconnect book. And when my soulish man starts overrunning my spirit man, I get this soulish thinking where now I'm hijacked. I've literally had enemy hijack me, and the enemy is fear, anxiety, fretfulness, worry, complaining, bitterness, anger, lust, greed. I mean, I'm agreeing with these things because I'm thinking about them and giving them space. But what if I just said, I'm not going to think any thought that the Lord's not thinking. And what if I've been so broken down that now I decide not to think the thoughts that other people have said about me, but I think the thoughts that the Lord has said about me. I am loved. I am well. I am strong. I am mighty in strength and courage. I am full of the Spirit. I am one with Jesus Christ. He lives in me, and I live in Him, and I can follow Him, and and I can be strong, and I can walk on this water to Him, and I can say, Lord, help my unbelief. Help me to be strong and mighty, mighty with You. And so today what we want to talk about is how Jesus loves the broken. Because when you come to the end of these relationships, you're really broke. And I think sometimes when we're broke, there's only half of us there, and so we're so worried that if we let go of this sick relationship that we're going to lose another piece of us. And instead, if we just let go of it, now we can start letting the Lord nurture us, and we can understand that the Lord loves the broken. So the name of this chapter is called Jesus, Friend of Sinners. Kick us off with the introduction here, Will. The power of our relationship can make us whole or break us. Mm. A heart that burns with the love of Christ is strong enough to love ourselves and others. Our healing journey starts with the release of our emotional pain. If we can nurture a friendship with Jesus, our trauma wounds will resolve. 
the acceptance of the Savior who gave his life for us can take us to a place of self-love and inner fulfillment. The growth we can experience is exponential (laughs) exponential which means really big (laughs) so there's this self-love where i'm just allowed to let jesus love me and i was telling will i said i have a few friends that love me so much that if i'm confessing sins to them they're like already covered it with the love they're already washing over it they're already accepting me they're not judging me they're not condemning me they're not tossing me aside and i'm thinking man Jesus just loves me half this much. I'm okay. (laughs) I'm okay. And so sometimes we resist this love. We resist that affection and that comfort from the Lord. So let's go for the lesson. Jesus loves sinners. Amen, he does. He hung out and ate with sinners. Matthew 9.10. He was comfortable to be with those who knew they were broken. Mark 2.17. He didn't hang out with those who were fake and performed for outward approval. Oh, I love that fake in performers. There's a lot of fake people in our life. So Matthew 3, 7, that was, that's the principle that come out of that verse. There are warnings for hypocrites about not praying publicly on the streets, street corners to make a show. Matthew 6, 7. Jesus warns us to not to announce what you were given, not to let the left hand know what the right hand was doing. Matthew 6, 3 says to go into your closet in secret and seek for your heavenly Father. Matthew 6, 6. So are you to the end of yourself enough to just just really humble your heart before the Lord? Move all that anger, all that bitterness, all that unforgiveness, all that hatred, all that fighting back, all that uh, invisibleness that we do, and really get inside your closet with the Lord. There is a hidden inner, inner chamber inside our hearts when it is empty. We are seeking, searching, and grasping in the dark for something to fill it. But only the Savior can fill our hearts and make it burn with a deep satisfaction. Amen. Things of this world can fill us up, fill us temporarily, but only the Master can make us whole again. Perhaps you are using temporar- temporal things to fill the void in your soul. Hmm. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Mark ten thirty one. Jesus loves sinners. He knows our helpless condition and has compassion for us. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. John three sixteen. And a lot of times, well, I've just told the Lord, okay, Lord, you know I'm dirt. <laughs> you know I'm just dirt. If you don't do this, if you don't breathe that breath of life in me, if you don't breathe resurrection power in me and your love and your strength, I'm not going to be able to do this. So let's look at his love for Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was the first to see Jesus after resurrection. Mary was a woman that was delivered from seven demons. Luke 8, 2. Now, I often say that if Mary was delivered from seven demons, I've been delivered from 70. <laughs> And yet she was one that he chose first to reveal himself to when he arose from the tomb. John twenty fifteen. She had risen early to go and anoint him at the grave. She was crying for him. When he spoke to her when he spoke her name, she recognized him as the risen Savior. Her heart was Cry, her heart cried. Her heart cried was Rabboni. Which means teacher. She allowed Jesus to teach her her his love Hmm. mary had not recognized him through 
her tears until he spoke her name, Mary. Hmm. He spoke her name. So I want you to get quiet enough that you seek out for Jesus with tears until he speaks your name. And when he says your name, you're going to hear him. Then he heard, then her heart knew it was Jesus. Can you hear the master speaking your name? Yeah. So when you get close to the Lord, when you walk alongside your pain and start moving it to the altar, and there it is, Lord, you know I'm dirt. You know I can't even get rid of this little bit of thing for a half a day. So I just, I just need you, Lord. And when you get to the end of yourself like that, you're going to hear him call your name. Now, there's a prostitute that was washing his feet in Luke 7, 39, 44 through 50. When the Pharisees Pharisees who had invited him saw this. He said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who's touching him and what kind of woman that she is. She is a sinner. <laughs> and then he, Jesus, turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into her house. You did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. And then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sin? And Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So here she is. Well, she's, um, she's adoring him. She's, she's re recognizing that this master loves her and that he does not reject her because of her sins. He does not reject her worship, her affection, um, but this uh, coming to the Christ in our brokenness is, is our faith. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So when you come to the Lord in your brokenness, it's an act of faith. <laughs> so I really think God loves those broken when we just keep coming back. So what did the woman at the well look like? A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus asked her for a drink. Jews weren't allowed to speak to Samaria, Samarians. She questioned him on why he was asking for a drink from her since the religious rules forbid him to speak to her. In John 4, 7 through 30, Jesus says to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Then Jesus tells her to go, call her husband, and she says, I have no husband. He speaks to her kindly and tells her, you, you are right. right when you say you have no husband. Mm -hmm. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. <laughs> yeah. It's Jesus breaks religious rules to speak to a despised Samaritan and a woman. He does not judge or condemn her. He tells her he is the way to eternal life, and he reveals to her that he's the Messiah. And if I'm not mistaken, Will, this is the first time he reveals that he's the Messiah. So there he is at the well uh, in Samaria talking to a Samaritan woman that's been rejected, 
and revealing to her this great secret. Now let's see what he does with the woman caught in adultery in John 8, 1 through 11. The Pharisees brought Jesus a woman that was caught in adultery. The law said she had to be stoned. They were trying to trap Jesus and make him condemn her. Instead, he bent down and he started to write on the ground with his finger and he said to them, Let anyone who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Take her accusers left and then, he then. told her, huh? Then? Oh, then her accusers left uh -huh. and he told her to go oh, and sin no more. This is grace. Give yourself grace and give grace to others. Yeah, what would it look like to give yourself grace, Will? <laughs> To just say, okay, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stop accusing myself, and by the grace of God, I'm gonna go and sin no more. So let's look at the grandmas of Jesus. <laughs> there are four questionable women in the lineage of Jesus, and these are the only women that are outlined in Scripture as being in the lineage. All the rest of them are men. So we've got Tamar, we've got Rahab, we've got Ruth, and we've got Bathsheba. So let's read about Tamar. Genesis 38, her husband died. She had no children, and Judah, her father-in-law, was supposed to give her to his next son, but he didn't. So she played a prostitute and slept with Judah, and God blessed her with twins. One of her sons, Pharaoh's. Pharaoh's was in the line from Judah to King David to Jesus. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Okay. Rahab. The prostitute in G Joshua chapter 2 and 6 spared the spies and was spared when Jericho mm -hmm. was destroyed. She was received as one of the Israelites and married Sal S Salmon. Salmon and became a mother to Boaz. Boaz and grandmother to King David from whom the lineage of Jesus came forth. So, so far we've got Tamar. Who played a prostitute um, because she wanted children and hadn't been and had been lied to and not given one, and then we've got Rahab that showed her faith by sparing the Israelites spies when they came, but she was also a prostitute. So let's look at Ruth. Book of Ruth, a Moabite. Moabite receives a kinsman 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 redeemer named Boaz. Boaz. She married Boaz, and he became the father of. Obed. Obed. And Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of King David. And therein lies the heritage of Jesus. <laughs> In the book of Ruth. Look at that. And so she was not a Jew. She was a Moabite, and yet she was included. So now let's look at Bathsheba in Second Samuel 11. She was desired and taken by King David and her husband. Uriah. Uriah was then essentially murdered by David. David ordered his generals Joab Joab to place Uriah Uriah on the front line of the battle and withdrew support from him and this would mean certain death for Uriah David and Bathsheba's first child died Bathsheba's second son Solomon so Solomon became king of Israel and from the line came Jesus Yep, from this lineage came Jesus. So these women were demonstrations of God's forgiveness. His love and His grace can redeem your past and is an example of His forgiveness for all. So I want you to look at these verses below 
and I want you to journal about them and see what Jesus would say. So if Jesus loved the rejected, then he loves me. So let's look at some more rejected. Let's look at Zacchaeus in Luke 19. Jesus hung out with sinners and ate with them despite tax collectors. Ate with the despised tax collectors. Everybody despised these tax collectors because they took extra money. They not only took they all not only worked for the Romans, they were Jews, but they worked for the Romans, and then they took extra. So they were basically thieves. <laughs> so Zacchaeus welcomed Jesus to his house. He gave him half his possessions to the poor and vowed to pay back four times the amount to anyone he had cheated. The man's heart was so cha- was changed. Has your heart changed? Yes, yeah, so Zacchaeus um, got the love of Jesus because he stopped being a thief and he started paying back and he really had a heart change. So let's look at the tax collector in Matthew 9 9. Matthew was sitting at the tax collector's booth and he heard the call, Follow me and become a disciple of Jesus. This man heard the call to follow Jesus. No matter where you are at in life, you can hear the call. On your life. So if you haven't heard the call of Jesus and you're like, I am a despised person, I'm I'm the low of the low, then humble yourself. Give yourself some grace. Ask God to come to, to bring Jesus near to you, to bring the Holy Spirit near to you, to draw you unto him. So the man in the temple, a Pharisee and a tax collector, the Pharisee went to worship in the temple. But he worshipped himself. The tax collector beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. And he was unable to look up because of his shame in Luke 18. Which man walked away justified? Well, it wasn't the Pharisee, the religious man, who went and said, Oh, look at me. I come to the temple to worship. I give twice. Uh, I give the tithe every day. I give twice this and twice that. You know, he's praising himself. He's not praising God. But this this tax collector, he's beating his chest and he's got guilt and shame and, and self, you know, despising himself and he's, he's really broken. So God does not despise the broken and contrite heart in Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's Psalm fifty-one, seventeen. God never despises a broken and contrite heart. How broken is your heart? So I want you to go ahead and let your heart be broke. I think this broken heart's a good thing. I think that the Lord can shape it and mold it into His heavenly vessel. So what's it look like for the lost? Uh, the Psalm. Lost Psalm mm-hmm. one nineteen one seventy six. Mm-hmm. The psalmist. psalmist says he is lost and asks the Lord to come and seek for him. Matthew 18, 11 says, The shepherd leaves the 99 safe sheep and goes and looks for the one that is lost. If you feel lost, you have asked the Savior to come and find you. Yes, ask the master. Say, Lord, come and find me. I'm so lost. So for the thief on the cross, let's look at Luke 23, 39 through 43. Jesus was hung on the cross between two criminals. The one criminal mocked him, and the other one asked Jesus to remember him. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Look at that. So (laughs) there he is, um, hanging on the cross beside Jesus, and he's not mocking him like the other one was. Instead, he's saying, Lord, remember me. Remember me. I'm so broke. I'm so broke. I did so wrong. Lord, help me. I am broken. Help 
me help us to work in recovery in the in all areas of our life. Help us to take dominion over every thought and line and line our thoughts up with the Word of God. Can a wounded heart and rejection drive me so deep into nonsense that I lose sight of you, O oh Lord? Obviously so. So how can I find my way back? There must be a way back because of the work that you did on the cross. Is it true? Are you really a God of love and mercy? My heart is so broken that I can't imagine anyone ever really loving me. I feel all the suffering and betrayal stolen. My, my affair with you, my love affair needs to be with you, Lord, and yet the betrayals of others steals that from me and robs me. So preserve me through these dark times, O oh Lord. I so doubt myself that I find it difficult to pray, difficult to read your word, difficult to settle myself, difficult to find your peace. The racing thoughts are overwhelming, Lord. Send your word and deliver me. And that's in Psalms 107.20. So what would it look like if I got grounded in his word? Ground me in your word. Ground me in my calling and give me a vision for my future. Help me stop the distractions and stop the confusion by just moving forward. Uh, yeah, amen. amen. That's Ephesians 3.17. So what's the goodness of God look like in Deuteronomy 28.2? Is it true, Lord? Are you good? Is your goodness going to chase me down? <laughs> Will you give me the power to stop and return to you with my whole heart? Will you give me your favor, Lord? Yes, Lord, chase us down. Lord, would you show the broken out there that your goodness is so good and your favor is so good that you're not there as a judge to beat them up, but you're there as a loving Father to chase them down. So let's pray for this gift of repentance. Lord, help me position myself beneath your loving arms with a full heart of peace. Help me to stop my foolish thinking and take high ground above the attics. Attacks. Above the attacks. I am truly helpless without your embrace. Help me find a place to receive the gift of repentance. Mm, that's in Amen. Psalms 18.33, and Matthew 3.8. So did you know that repentance is a gift? <laughs> yeah. Courage is a gift. Faith is a gift. Love is a gift. Um, uh, mercy is a gift. Goodness is a gift. Uh, Self-control is a gift. These are all gifts that I have to humble myself and ask the Lord for. So God loves the broken. Read the conclusion. Jesus did, didn't come for the righteous. Which means the self-righteous that think they don't need him. He came for those who knew they needed a physician. Those who knew they were sick. Mark 2.17. Jesus didn't call the leaders or the teachers of the law. He called laborers, fishermen. He used the simple to conf confound, confound the wise. In 1 Corinthians 3, 18 and 19. The first person Jesus reveals himself to after the resurrection was Mary Magdalene, a woman who had been delivered from seven demons. The first time Jesus revealed himself as the Messiah, Messiah is to an immoral. immoral Despise despised Samaritan. Samaritan woman at the well. There were four questionable women in his ancestry line. Jesus seems to perform or prefer the broken and likes the underdogs. <laughs> That's he, came, <laughs> he came to seek and to save those who were lost. He loves the rejection or the rejected. Mm -hmm. He loves the rejected. He made the last first and the first last. His hardest word, harshest words of the criticism were for the arrogant 
and the proud leaders. He says, you brood of vipers, <laughs> who warned you to flee the wrath to come in Matthew 3, 7. So there are brood of snakes in the arrogance, in the proudful people that oppress those who are broken. So if you are broken, just understand that God is not oppressing you. O oh Lord, God of mercy, if you are the God of mercy, your grace covers all. Amen. See my wounded heart, Lord, and send me your comforter. Let your forgiveness run so deep that I would never think about my past or what I have done, but only your peace and a trusting relationship with you. Let the fervor, fervor of my heart be, content, be connection. Con connection to you. May your love bind me in such a way that no one could pry me loose from your hands and no one could speak a false word that I could not discern. Oh, may your love bind me in such a way that no one can pry me loose from your hand, O oh Lord. No one can speak a false word over me that I could not discern. Lord, that I would no longer believe the lies of the enemy, but I would know that I am loved, that I am loved, that I am loved with an everlasting love. And underneath are those everlasting arms that I can come to you and that you will never despise me or reject me. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And this was Angie Meadows, and this is The Rocker Recovery. And if you want to listen to us again, we're on The Rocker Recovery Podcast. <laughs>